you are going to remember where you were right now for the rest of your life. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Minnesota Twins outfielder Brian Buxton, and you're listening to On the Mound with Max Tanzer, Max Sossler, and Tommy Muha. Take it away, guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Mound. I'm Max Tanzer, joined alongside Tommy Muha and Matt Sossler. And, guys, we have a ton to talk about today. Yesterday was May 26th, and if you guys don't know the significance of that date, well, it was the first you know, date of official negotiations between the MLBPA and the owners in attempt to try and bring Major League Baseball back. Some other big news coming before that was the fact that the NHL is coming back. So this does apply more pressure to Major League Baseball. But unfortunately, it wasn't positive for Rob Manfred and his league. And there was a lot of drama, a lot of controversy. And let's discuss this, guys. Matt, Tommy, what were your biggest takeaways from yesterday? Well, obviously yesterday was a tough day. Um, didn't go as either side planned. Um, the owners proposed to do... What, what was it called? Like a sliding revenue split? Yeah. Where the players with larger contracts um, are going to take the bigger pay cuts and the players with smaller contracts, they'll get closer um, to their regular salary. But um, guys that make $35 million, they're going to be taking almost a $20 million pay cut um, in 2020. So obviously that was well received. But I think we're still going to see baseball overall. I don't think that we should be discouraged by yesterday just because like you said, Max, it was just the first day of negotiations, and I think we have a long ways to go. Yeah, talking about the sliding contracts that they proposed before, I hear your thoughts on it, Matt. Just to make uh, it clear on what that really means to the players, Jeff Passon reported that a player who is making $35 million per se, he would then, that his contract for that year would drop to about $7.84 million. That is a huge jump right there. A guy who's making $1 million, it drops all the way to four hundred thirty-four k. So, obviously, the players are definitely not happy with that. The MLBPA gets power. Definitely, you know, is going to fight that back. Matt, what are your thoughts on it? I think this is a complete and utter disaster. I think if you juxtapose it with the time that it came out, considering it was sandwiched by the NHL coming out with the best news hockey fan, sports fan in general can want, and meanwhile the MLB releases a plan that essentially is a middle finger to its top players, and the top players are the ones that make the money and that sell the merchandise. Like, no one's buying a jersey of a player who's not going to wind up being affected by this pay cut, whereas Garrett Cole, who makes top three salary in the league, everyone buys his jersey, everyone buys his shirt, and yet, as Tommy alluded earlier, he's going to be taking the biggest pay cut. Now, from an economic standpoint, that's no big deal because, you know, it's millionaires making money but and losing money as well, but overall, it's not the right foot that the MLB wanted to start these negotiations on, and quite frankly, I don't understand why they even released this to the public because all it does to the fan is it just makes them more sad. Yeah, and it makes makes them more stressed out. And to add on to that, uh, Troy Davulo of the Arizona Diamondbacks, their manager, came out yesterday and said he was very optimistic because he believed that both sides were passionate about getting things done. And it really does send mixed messages in. You know, it's almost like I think the league would fare off better if they didn't share this much information and if the players and the owners weren't trying to, you know, put each other down and make each other look bad to the fans. Because it almost seems to me that they're trying to use the fans as some sort of advantage or leverage in the conversation. It's almost like they're trying to win them over. And I feel like if social media was eliminated from this, the same argument would be happening, but it wouldn't be as chaotic and messy. And therefore, Major League Baseball can focus on 
what needs to get done, and that's making a season happen. Not trying to do damage control on the fans and damage control on players and having to make them be quiet or the owners make them be quiet as well. And now that, like, literally this whole entire conversation is happening right in everyone's living room, it created a lot more problems. I completely agree, as you said. They, they don't need to be having these conversations in front of the fans. While transparency is nice and everyone loves transparency, you know, as you said, you know, it's just like they're having the conversation live and negotiating right in front of us instead of actually coming out with a semi-legit plan and rolling it out to the fans and to the stakeholders. So, I don't know. I don't know what their motive is. Obviously, there's a lot more negotiating to go. But right now, even though Major League Baseball is in the most difficult situation, it's never a site you want to see where one league has an excellent day. Meanwhile, another league has a very, very bad day over the same issue. Yeah, and I want to talk about what Tommy touched on a little bit, which I think is a very good point, is that it is the first day of negotiations. And Tommy and I were talking about this last night, and I want to get your input on it, Matt, as well, is that negotiations, I feel, work this way. There's going to be disagreement. It's not like Major League Baseball was going to go to the Players Association and give them something, the exact proposal that they wanted, right? There's going to be disagreement, which is why I feel like this is almost being blown out of proportion a little bit. We still have about five to six days to figure this out, and I'm not surprised that the Players Association disagreed with the first proposal from the owners. I'm not, surpri- I'm not surprised with that either, you know, both sides want to roll out plans that favor them and then eventually try and slip under what they really want, and I hope that's the case here. I hope that, you know, in order for this to work and in order for any negotiation to work, both sides need to concede, and it, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's extremely frustrating that both sides are not willing to concede a lot because otherwise I think this made the negotiations made us all. Yeah, and so, Tom, what are your thoughts on this? Just going a little bit more deeper into it. Like, for example, I saw a tweet yesterday about Aaron Judge, literally, with this proposal, could be making less money than the MLB as a whole will be making off of his jersey sales. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough for those, um, you know, for those star players, right? And I don't think that's what we're going to end up seeing um, overall. I don't think there's any way that the players are going to agree to that. But to kind of touch on what Matt was saying, I agree with both of you guys, like, like we were saying, Max, negotiations, they start the opposite end. But I don't think it should have been released. And I think that a lot of times, like anytime there's negotiations, this is exactly what happens, and we just don't know about it. So, um, yeah, I tend to agree with you guys that. Yeah, and something else that came out yesterday was how the Oakland Athletics are going to be handling the situation with their minor leaguers. Now, they're not going to be paying them for the remainder of the season. And Jeff Aston, in my opinion, put it perfectly. He tweeted out basically that if the Athletics wanted to pay the minor leaguers for the month of June and July, or I think it's actually July and August, it realistically would cost them about a million dollars. And in comparison to their owner's net worth, it's about $2 billion. So really, a million dollars for a guy who's worth $2 billion should not be that much, especially at a time where these minor leaguers need to get paid. They already were getting getting paid barely nothing and it really is frustrating i really think that you know obviously it's mlb's priority is to you know save money given that you know financially they're going to be losing a lot if they don't play in front of fans and so forth but at the end of the day with how bad publicity they have gotten you know the last couple of days and you know the astro scandal i don't think they have much more room to make a decision that would look very immoral to a lot of fans around base what do you think about that tommy um i agree and i saw a tweet this morning from a former Yankee and former Oakland Day Slate Heathcott, and he said that this has always been a problem, like respect between um, Oakland's ownership and the minor leaguers. He said he was actually released because he was standing up for some other minor leaguers, and I'd love to learn more about that, but um, I don't know what the exact details are with that situation. Yeah, so Matt, what do you think about it? 
talk about disaster on top of disaster. And I know it's, you know, I know things are, I'm making things up to be very grim right now, but that's the reality of the situation, you know? It's unfortunate for the MLB that on the same day that they start negotiations, that one of their teams decides to essentially cut the bottom part of the organization out. It's, I wrote about this, and it's, I personally think it's inhumane. You know, you have millionaires who, are, who may need to take pay cuts, and that's okay. It's not okay to them because, you know, they make enough money anyways. They'll get back. Like, these minor leaguers, the paycheck to paycheck, working at the Dick Sporting Goods in the offseason, and who knows, maybe those jobs don't exist anymore because of the pandemic. And most likely those players resigned because once the pandemic hit, they were in camp already, and they probably left the position saying, oh, I'm not going to need to work for the duration because I'll be playing ball. But these guys live a strenuous lifestyle, going on buses from town to town to town, not really getting a lot of sleep, not staying in the highest of accommodations. And I just personally think it's not fair that they're cutting off what their stipend would have been for a year. They're not costing you that much. Who knows? Some of these guys can be the future of your franchise and can be making millions of dollars in three years. And right now, all you're saying to them is, I don't care about you. I care more about my money and about my big league team. You can go do something else. And... Honestly, it won't cross my mind yet again, and no wonder. Like, looking at the A organization, I Kyler Murray must be dancing right now because he made the best decision, winning Rookie of the Year in the NFL instead of just losing his paycheck. Absolutely, and to add on to that, too, not only are these guys that, you know, they're relying on the future, how right, because of that, how do they expect them to develop and get better, you know? Like, all of a sudden, you're taking a year out of minor league ball. They likely won't be playing unless they hold some sort of camp, and then all of a sudden, you're saying, look, we're not going to pay you, so how are they going to stay healthy? You know, how are they going to have a good diet? How are they going to work out? You know, there's going to be so much more moving pieces for them, and part of, that, of, of their lifestyle that are eliminated that may really stunt their development a little bit. I think, yeah, like for the A's, this is a low move because, as I mentioned earlier, you are cutting up part of your future because, and this is repeating, but a lot of those guys, especially since we're still looking at prospects who were drafted in the 40-round era, you get a 38th round pick who's playing in single A or A advanced or one of those levels who's not going to be forced to do something else because they need to provide for, if they have a family they need to provide for, if they need to pay rent, all the simple expenses that a lot of people take for granted are now coming into the forefront because these guys aren't receiving a paycheck anymore. And it, it's unfortunate, but it's a real taint on the professional baseball development system because it says that just like that, it's that easy to dump a bunch of players. They deserve their own union. To be honest with you, that might be the only solution because it seems like, you know, these teams, like, I don't want to say they're pushing them off to the side, but you could look at it that way you know it's like all right i'm sorry we appreciate you you're our future but we can't and then they're just gonna push them away and i think that's a terrible look and it puts those players like, you know this could be ruining a ton of these players careers you know there could like imagine the guys on the break of the minor league team that could have broken out and could have been the next you know mike piazza or whatever it may be and all of a sudden because of this you know not all these players come from situations where you know they have a you know a nice home to go to you know some of them come from poor backgrounds some of them are foreign it makes it so much more complicated for them, and I, I don't think it's going to help them any, in any way. Uh, but now let's talk a little bit more positive. Uh, obviously, this has been a very negative podcast so far, but let's say the season does happen. Something that Tommy and I were also talking about last night, Matt, was how if the playoffs are expanded to 14 teams. That would be two extra teams in each league, and we don't know exactly how the, it would go down if there's multiple wildcard games or so forth, but what we do know is that more teams will be competing and more teams will be making it in. Uh, from your perspective as a Cubs fan, I know that a National League Central is quite competitive and this will definitely help some teams out in that division. Yeah, like you mentioned, I think the additional playoff teams for anyone, you look at the NHL just doing it, Chicago reaped the benefit being the last team in, 
even though given the point at which the season ended, they were nowhere near. They were, in fact, if they didn't win that last game of the season, I'll have to check the math, but they were on the brink if not already mathematically eliminated. And you look at the Cubs last year getting screwed because they were playing in a very tough division in a very tough league, and they had similar numbers to teams that made the playoffs in the American League due to two divisional championships. But my opinion here is more from a business side where not only what the expansion does is it expands the TV deals, and we spoke with Carl Ravitch about the expansion during the Astros scandal, which looked a little bit different. It was all kind of hazy and didn't really have any potential, and who knows, it could come back if another scandal arises. But I think more postseason games equals more money. It means the players play more games, which means they get more money, and postseason games make more money than regular season games. So honestly, if I'm Manfred, I'm trying to get as many teams in the postseason with a competitive balance as possible, and I think that's a perfect way, perfect way. I don't know how they're going to do it, whether it's wild cards, whether they say top two from each division get in regardless, but either way, more games equals more money, more TV deals on the postseason. People are going to be open to bidding for that. It'll create a whole new war, and I think that's great for Major League Baseball once they can actually start playing. Yeah, and Tommy, you're on the other side of things. You're on one of the best teams in the American League, if not the best team in the American League. Is it does it make you upset that teams that you know may not normally deserve to take the playoffs may have a chance, you know, and especially in a game like baseball, you know, shock the world and beat a team like your Yankees? Or are you happy to see more teams get in? Um, I definitely am. I mean, I don't think it's going to affect us that much. And like you said, we don't know how they're going to do it entirely yet. But if they do like three game series for the wild card, then I like it even more. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of the wild card format just because, you know, anything can happen in baseball. Any team can be any team on any given night. But um, no, I think it's good for the game to have more teams in it, um, especially in a time where everybody just wants, you know, something to come back, something to occupy their time. And the season's already cut short. So by this, you're going to have a lot more cities and fan bases engaged, um, you know, as they make that final push in October. Um, so I definitely think it's good for the game. And like you said, like from my perspective, I don't know. I think we can be anybody personally, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> That's another thing. The Astros, is... it seems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're cheating. <laughs> anyway, go on. The best of three series. You gotta look and how they're gonna do the format. Like it doesn't matter who makes it. It matters how they do the format. As I said earlier, because you look at the Cubs, for example, you play them in a wild in a wild card game, just one game. And they have three potential arms that they can throw at you. They could throw Darvish, Lester, Quintana, anyone. And they could still give them a chance for a win. Even Hendricks. I forgot Hendricks. They have four potential arms. Whereas it's a similar thing in hockey. You have to play Patrick Kane in a best of three. Good luck. It doesn't matter how bad the rest of the team is. They just need that one player to shut them down. And that's a an argument on Tommy's side. You know, the Yankees wind up being one of the best teams and they wind up having to get pulled back into the playing round because of something that happens or the way that it works which we still don't know and they have to play a top pitcher as you said any given night and that ruins one of the biggest stories of the offseason is with the addition of Garrett Cole is the chase for 28 legit again and it would be a shame for Yankee fans if that was spoiled because of an altered format. Yeah, and I think another thing to keep in mind, too, and I think you touched on this a little bit, just with pitchers in general in the wildcard game, you know, a lot of times we'll see teams at the trade deadline go out and go deep and try to acquire a big name, you know, that's a contractor. So they're basically renting a guy, almost, it seems, for a few months to try and make a deep run to the playoffs. And if you're a team that's on the brink of the wildcard, hence the Mariners, in my case, the last few years, you know, you're, you're, in many cases, you're selling a lot of your prospects in order to get that big right-handed arm or the big power bet in the middle or whatever it may be. And to make that big of a sacrifice 
or to give up that type of package of prospects in order to play a hypothetical game if you're not even, you know, in the second wildcard spot, or to get to that wildcard game and lose one game. I mean, look at the Pirates and the A's. You know, that's a lot on the line, and I think if they made it a three-game series, it would make it a lot more work for these GMs, and actually might motivate more GMs to actually buy a deadline and to sell as well. So they might actually bring more competition into it, too. Kind of with what you were saying before, too, with the, you know, it, the three-game wildcard helps that competitive balance, but also more playoff games for TV with the revenue. So I think all around that would be a better move. And also, as I was going to say, considering that the only home field advantage a team may have this year is the comfort of their home clubhouse, and maybe if any ballpark has anything funky in it, but no fans, nothing like that, a best of three might seem more feasible considering they wouldn't have to go to each ballpark and play and increase the travel. So that's another thing to consider. You know, a best of three might not be feasible when everything is full-fledged, but especially this year, it might be a good trial run to see how players like it. Absolutely. All right, well, that is going to wrap up our show today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We covered a lot, and this is a big week for Major League Baseball, you guys, as they're negotiating the owners and the MLB Players Association are negotiating to try and get baseball back. And while there's a lot of negativity right now, what's the most important thing is is what is going on next week and what decision they can come out to if they can come to an agreement. But with that, for Tommy Muma, Matt Sossler, and Max Hansley, thank you guys so much for tuning in to On the Mound, and we'll catch you next time.